This episode is brought to you in part by the Second Mission Foundation. Second Mission Foundation is a nonprofit organization that exists to educate, elevate, and advocate for members of America's service community in order to help them find their second mission after government service. Second Mission Foundation was started by and for the members of America's service community. That means members of the armed forces, first responders, security contractors, etc. Second Mission Foundation provides these veterans the opportunity for them to tell their stories, reach their goals, and make their voices heard through educational outreach, entrepreneurship support, and community involvement. For everything you should know about Second Mission Foundation, go to secondmissionfoundation.org. That's Second Mission Foundation, all one word, dot org, secondmissionfoundation.org. Profiles in Havoc is a Havoc Journal podcast. The Havoc Journal seeks to serve as the voice of the veteran community through a focus on current affairs and articles of interest to the public in general and the veteran community in particular. Havoc Journal strives to offer timely, current, and informative content. When you go to Havoc Journal, you will read the most articulate, opinionated, thoughtful, and provocative veteran writers writing about the nation, the world, politics, national security, culture, fitness, movies, the list goes on and on and on. Havoc Journal is always expanding, always striving to improve the reader's experience. If you haven't been there yet, check it out at HavocJournal.com. That's Havoc with a K, Journal.com, HavocJournal.com. So it's become a pretty fun tradition at Havoc Journal to do a year-end episode on this show. And it's one of the few chances that I have all year to talk not only with Havoc Journal owner Charlie Faint, but with Havoc Journal editor-in-chief Mike Warnock, uh, Havoc Social Media guru, Elisa Suderman, and Havoc Journal, I don't even know what the official her official title is, uh, business, business manager, is that right? I can't remember what Kathy's title is, but Kathy Livermore, who handles so much on the back end uh, for Havoc, and of course is Charlie Fain's sister, um, which we'll allude to in the show. But it's rare I get to see the entire Havoc team, and uh, or hear them, uh, and certainly not all at the same time. So uh, having a good year-end episode it seems like the, a, the perfect way to wrap up uh, each year that we do this show. And, um, you know, just a great chance to sit and ask about how 23 went and what to look forward to in the new year. And there is, I don't know if there's breaking news that we have in this episode, but there's some very cool things coming up for Havoc in 24 that you're going to want to uh, hear about. And um, so many shouts out to so many of the Havoc authors this year. So um, great recommendations on some very impactful articles that came out this year and things to look out for next year. I don't really have that much more to say on it. It's always a blast to talk with them. And it's a great chance to just kind of be a good company man and, and uh, put my finger on the pulse of goings-on at Havoc for not just this year, but for what's coming up in 24. I'm Christopher Paul Meyer, and this is the year-end episode for Profiles in Havoc. Welcome back to the show. 
entire Avic Journal team. Charlie Fain. Hey, Charlie. Chris, great to be back. Looking Mike, forward to 2024. Uh, 100%. Mike Warnock, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here, Chris. Thank you. Lisa Suderman, once a year. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it's enough, but it's great to see you, hear you. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. And Kathy Livermore. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having us on. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you guys on. This is really cool. It's uh, it's worth the end of year chaos to like insert myself into your lives as we gear up for the holidays, just to wrap this up and and put a bow on 2023. Charlie, I guess we got to start with you for the 30,000 foot view in as general a term as you want. How would you sum up 2023 for Havoc? This was a breakout year for us, Chris, with everyone that you just mentioned, and including you on the Havoc team, of course, with your podcasting expertise. A lot of cylinders have started firing. Mike pretty much runs Havoc Journal now, does the, the editing, soliciting articles, feedback, all that stuff. Same as he did before, but just like training wheels are off. Mike's going 100 miles an hour. Elise is running our Instagram, handling all that. Kathy's helping me with the back-end stuff and managing our money-making endeavors uh, on the Havoc side. Plus, our our deal with Epoch Times kicked in. Really appreciate the support we're getting from them. And looking forward to getting together. And starting the new year off right, all of us are going out to SHOT, SHOT Show in Las Vegas. And we're going to plot how we're going to take over the world through Havoc. Mike, what's it meant to you to see the next steps that Havoc's taken in 23? It's a combination of overwhelming and incredibly humbling because every now and then we will get, we'll get a comment. And actually I usually hear them through Elisa because she's so plugged in um, what a particular article meant to someone. So um, when you're in the, in the soup and you're, and you're editing and calling and, and publishing, it's nice to get the reminders every now and then just to take the work seriously. Don't, don't get lazy. Don't get lackadaisical. That is sound for so many things, but yeah, especially as Havoc enters, it's what uh, we're, we're coming up on 10 years, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, dangerously nine years, right? Is 24, nine years. This year we're going to celebrate our 10 year anniversary. Chris. It is the 10 year. Okay. Wow. Lisa. So you have kind of, been at the forefront of so much of Havoc's growth on the Instagram account, pushing things out, bringing so many new people into the community, up until and including our offline conversation just before the show. <laughs> um, what is what has it meant for you for 2023 to kind of, if to me, it looked like we were breaking through in ways that we hadn't before and like so much of the groundwork you had laid was paying off. Is that how it seemed to you? Yes, I think it's a... Uh... It's a team effort and it's a grassroots effort from the entire community. It's um, hard to establish trust within this community as well as the law enforcement and first responder community. So it's not it's not done without all of the folks that have contributed to Havoc Journal over the course of the past decade. And so it's cool to see how the growth has finally come to, you know, where we're going to be at in 2024 and to be able to celebrate 10 years in business 
and doing it at a grassroots level is pretty phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah, it's a hell of an accomplishment. Absolutely. Kathy, what has it meant for you to see your little brother take off and become this world-conquering, egomaniacal, dictatorial, authoritarian presence in the publishing world? Has that just gone completely to his head? Can you still um, get an upper hand on him? I mean, what has that meant for you? Well, Chris, you forgot to throw in Yale graduate. (laughs) Cannot forget that when you're talking about Charlie. Hey, sis, don't worry. I'm sure I'll remind people about that later on. (laughs) I'm sure you will. No, it's just been a lot of fun because what people don't understand is that he has a lot going on. But this has been like his baby for so long. And to see the growth and to read the comments, it's just, it's incredible because here he is. It's something that he's worked on. It's almost like when one of my nieces does something incredible, you know, this is almost like a child, you know, my nieces are a little bit cooler than Havoc, I will have to say, but, but this is like, it's, you know, it's all his hard work is finally starting to come to fruition. And I think he's finally starting to see that he really has done something cool, you know, not only with Havoc, but with this team that we have. And, you know, that's because of him. And so I think he's finally starting to see that. And that's really cool. What has it meant for you, Kathy? Um, I mean, you're doing so much of the, I don't know how else to say it, but the thankless work that any organization needs as a backbone to see Havoc start to continue to break through and get new followers, new traction, new voices, and continually stay fresh even 10 years in, which is really an accomplishment. What has that meant for you on the back end? It's so much fun to watch. And quite honestly, I find myself fangirling a lot of times over different people because, you know, Alisa does this incredible job with Instagram that I still haven't figured out. I'm able to like, like and follow a couple of things. And yet she will put out these posts that just attract, you know, not millions, but you know, thousands of people and, you know, develop this following. Mike has this way with our authors that honestly, I will go into our shared email box and kind of just read it. Some of the stuff that, he does and how he nurtures some of these guys just because it's so incredible. And then Charlie just goes out, like makes these deals and meets these people. And then it's like, how how do you do that? And it's just, it's so incredibly awesome just to watch these guys work. It's so much fun. It is. um, And you hit something that I think is worth saying, especially after I was being facetious before there's a, I think one of the things that sets havoc apart to the best of my knowledge is the distinct lack of ego that it seems like exists in the organization, that everyone is really there for the love of the mission. And there doesn't seem like there's a lot of power plays. And I I have a lot of fidelity in saying that about Havoc. I I can't speak for other publications, but to the best of my knowledge, this is truly a unique aspect of Havoc. Charlie, um, how central is that to the culture that Havoc has built? We wouldn't have it if it wasn't like this. And it started at the very beginning when Marty Scovelin started Havoc Journal, when Elise and I worked for him with him. And that's something we continued. And it's in our nature also. Mike and I have been best friends since eighth grade. This is how we operate. 
And my sister, Kathy, of course, been my sister for, you know, a long time. I won't, I won't, I won't say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Elisa was our first hire and our best hire with the Havoc Journal. And I think it's easy to be humble when you're constantly in the presence of greatness. So I learned a long time ago in the special operations community, there's always somebody cool. There's always somebody who's done more. I don't try to compete on that. I do what I do. We do what we do. And if someone else does something they think is better then yeah, yeah, that's, if you think it's better than that's better. But what we do at Havoc, we do together. We do for the veteran community. I'm real proud of that, Chris. Mike, to you, what is the central quality of Havoc that does make Havoc successful? If you had to identify one strain that Havoc does really well. You know what? I can give a little anecdote. My uh, younger daughter, her boyfriend was visiting about a month ago. He's 20. And he asked me what the Havoc Journal's position was on the Israel-Hamas war. And I, it really struck me, the question struck me as odd, and it reminded me that we come from two different times, right? And I explained to him, I'm like, Havoc Journal is, it's a platform, it's a microphone. Yeah, we're not here to spin a narrative or have a collective opinion about anything. So one of the things that struck me from the beginning when Charlie brought me on board, gosh, almost five years ago now, is his openness. He's really, he's great at a lot of things. And one of them is bringing people together. He's, he is the definition of inclusive without any of the yeah, silliness that can go along with that. But uh, that Havoc Journal's official position on the word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but honestly, the, being the voice of the veteran community, it's not just a, a slogan. Yeah. It, every, every perspective is welcome as long as it's constructive and, and not defamatory and, and it's, and it's at least well thought out. So for me, being able to explain to, uh, his name's Nick. He doesn't mind. I asked him if I could talk about him. He said, sure. To, to introduce the concept that uh, any sort of journalism or media company could actually not have a bias. Anyway, it just re- reminded me of one of the things I'm proud of being a part of Havoc Journal. It's That's what sets us apart. So I think the the central thing mm-hmm. that separates us is, is actually welcoming all perspectives. We don't have an agenda. That's a big point. Lisa, on the Instagram account, what I'm continually impressed with, and I'm positive I'm not alone in this, is the absolute passion that you see on the page, on the feed every single day. What continues to motivate you to find, to curate, to develop really singular stories and voices and platform them? Because it's, it's impressive to me as you, as you and I have talked offline, uh, social media kicks my ass on a regular basis. And the fact that you are still so, yeah, I can't think of a better word, so passionate about what you're putting out on the platform and the response it gets from the community is truly impressive. Where does that come from? Why is that continued? How have you been able to find that motivation and perseverance? I think it's just the the human connection that you need that you're looking for on the other side of a screen. And, and especially with this younger generation of warriors coming out, they need, they want and are yearning for a connection. And so, you know, the writers who are very vulnerable with their storytelling and, you know, 
all of their different perspectives and, and sharing and making sure that we're abiding by the social media standards. But, you know, it's it's the human connection and you everyone's looking for it on the other side of the screen, whether they're, you know, I know that a lot of people take, you know, when they're doing their duty in the restroom, they're scrolling through the social media waves or if they're sitting on on desk duty or you know it's it's wherever they're at in that moment and i think a lot of people who are in the throes of isolation and depression often look through social media in that capacity too to see if there's anything that that makes them feel human again and i think that that's what our platform does for a lot of people and we do provide all of the different perspectives as much as possible to, to the entire community. And it's not just the veterans. We have a ton of civilians that follow our work to understand what's going through a soldier or Marine or whoever's mind. Yeah. Thanks for not mentioning sailors or airmen. Oh, sorry. Sailors, no, no, no. That is, that is second class citizens. No, that's fine. That's <laughs> uh, no, but listen, I mean, that's a great, it's a great point. And I think that soulfulness for lack of a better word is it's certainly been an integral part, if not the key component of continuing to grow Havoc's profile. Kathy, how's that appeared to you? What What is the pillar, if you had to pick one, on which you've seen Havoc really build and continue to grow its reach and its platform? It would have, for me, it would have to be that it's real. And, mm. you know, to go along with what you guys were just talking about, you know, everybody's searching for something. And when you see the things that our writers write about and talk about their experiences, you know, some of it's really raw. And quite honestly, some of it, I'll start to read and I have to stop because it's just too real for me because, you know, I, I live in my little, you know, Mary Poppins little world and everything's good, you know. And you read this realness and it's just like, you know, I see that on TV. That doesn't happen to real people. And, but by telling these stories that are real, I think, again, it gives somebody something to grasp onto. Like, I'm not the only one that this has happened to, or I'm not the only one who's experienced that. And when people are searching, I think that's something they, they can hang on to. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I guess on that note, there's no better segue than to ask you guys about things that stood out to you this year as moments of what Kathy's referring to, that realism, that verisimilitude, that boots on ground reality, things that moved you, things that shook you, things that resonated with you, things that stayed with you. Let's funkify the order just so I don't keep going around and around and around in a very predictable pattern. Lisa, for you, what piece, what submission what voice stood out to you this year, maybe more so than in other years or seemed to encapsulate 2023 for you? So I couldn't just come up with one. I have a few and I'll be quick about it. But the first one is the one by Scott Faith that was just recently released within the last few months called America Only Has Things Worth Living For. It's a very poignant piece and just it's it's an understanding of what's going on with both the recruitment or lack thereof with recruitment within the military, but also just how we're living our lives on a daily basis. And then I have loved our relationship with a woman named Beth Bailey. 
and Michael Cook as well as, uh, and they've brought us the connection with uh, Miriam, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, Solo Man Kill. She is the one of the members of the Afghanistan parliament. And I think that's just tremendous that we've been able to now have international writers that have such a tremendous impact on, on policy and uh, getting the word out about everything that happened with Afghanistan, because that story and those stories continue to get pushed down on mainstream media. So I love that we're a safe place for those voices to still have a place on the internet. And so those are the ones. And then I have always loved everything from Jake Smith and uh, Lieutenant Colonel retired Darren Gobb. And I hope I pronounced that last name correctly. Those, I mean, we have too many for me to just, you know, Scott Chapman, all of these guys who just, and JC Glick, I, I could go on and on about all of the talent that we have and they do it out of the desire to write and share. Yeah, you're you're right. I know the danger of listing our favorites is all the people that we <laughs> that are also our favorites that we can't list for time or for just remembering off the top of our head. Mike, how about you? What has stood out to you this year? Okay, so you're asking me to pick my favorite kid again. Yeah, and, uh, Sophie's uh, choice. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I picked we, we this year we added about seven authors new authors that write regularly. And one of the first that we brought on board was Scott Chapman. And he wrote his first article. We published articles from him previously, but the first one he wrote for Havoc that we published was The Power of Positive Thought. And we published that in January of this year. And the reason I, if I had to pick one is because it it really exemplifies so much of what havoc means at least to me and what i think it means to a lot of our readers because in his article he really takes you through his journey of processing his own experiences and like kathy was talking about he's he writes from a very raw vulnerable perspective but he's he's also passionate uh in his writing and i picked it because when he takes you through this process you see how practical and constructive writing can be. And yet he also is very philosophical and artistic and creative in the way that he does it. So he brings so many aspects together, but I have to tell you every author that uh, Elisa mentioned, like I, I, I agree. I can't just pick one. I picked Scott's article because that particular article just brought every element that I can think of into one article. And it's interesting with Scott, you know, that he also defies the stereotype of an inherently cynical, pessimistic veteran. He has every reason to be that, but he chooses to be optimistic. And he kind of, he tells the same stories, the same experiences, a lot of times the same trauma but his conclusions are optimistic as opposed to pessimistic from a lot of other folks I've read. That to me always stood out about his writing too, which I think is exceptional and is a great example and something that I feel is a real value add to veteran writing right now. Um, that's just my two cents. Okay, I agree. Back on yours. Um, Charlie, what about you? What's it, who stood out to you this year? So there's so many people. I'm going to give you a list in just a minute, and many of the names are going to be real familiar for you. 
There are a couple articles that I wrote this year that I'm particularly proud of. One of them, um, one I'm most proud of is Deck of Many Things. And this one was, uh, the, the formal title was Deck of Many Things, Reflection on Colin Powell in Iraq 20 Years Later. So what's been on my mind a lot this past year is the way Afghanistan ended. I'll be thinking about that for a long time. It's the 20th anniversary of Colin Powell's speech recommending war in Iraq. And one of the reasons I like this article, it combined a couple of things that I, I like. I liked being in the Army. I served in Iraq three times. The Deck of Many Things is an obvious reference to Dungeons and Dragons, which Mike and I played since eighth grade. And Mike co-wrote this article with me. So it was a lot of fun to talk about our respective experiences, which were very different, even though we were there largely the same time. So I really liked writing that one. And the other one that I was proud of was was Broing Alone. And that one was Broing Alone While Veterans Still Need Each Other and the Rest of Us. And I think that one of the reasons I liked that was it combined some academic stuff that I studied when I was in grad school. Bowling Alone was the name of the article. This one was based on and the premise was that people are used to bowl together and, and hang out and now they don't. And this article is written in 91 or 95. So I I updated it for veterans. So those two I'm I'm pretty proud of. But I there's so many people on the list. Of course Ima Cafell is one of my favorites. Yeah. I'd really I'd really like to see Alicia uh, correct correction Alice Atlanta write some more for us. She's brilliant. And one of my all-time favorites, an anonymous sp- former Special Forces officer. He writes great work. I know Mike likes it, too, because all we got to do really is is post it. No editing whatsoever. But there's one more person that I'd like to hear from in 2023, Chris, and that's the author we haven't heard of yet. So people, people listening in, it's like, hey, I'd like to write, but I don't know what to do. It's not great, whatever. It doesn't have to be great. Mike Warnock is a great editor. It just has to be a good story. So if you got something that you want to say, get off your chest, thoughtful, well-written, accurate, send it to Mike at our email. You can look it up and, and Mike will get it, get it turned around and, and published. And if it's not good enough, Mike can help you make it better. So that's who I want to hear from in 2024 is the, the person from the veteran community that we haven't heard from yet. Thanks, Chris. That's, that's a, a great person. Um, that person's always underachieving. Yeah. Tired of tired of badgering that person, but that's good. Yeah, they they should, and that's a great call to action for folks out there. This is an incredibly friendly, fertile ground for people to start doing their writing and putting their ideas together. Kathy, uh, who had you fangirling in twenty twenty three? A lot of the, well, basically everybody who writes for us, because a, a lot of it it takes courage and it takes initiative and telling their stories, but one that really stood out to me this year was by Frank Pock. Mm. And it was the one that nobody will protect us because again, I live in my little small Southern town that, you know, everybody knows everybody, you know, it's for lack of a better word, it's Mayberry ish. And in this story, he's, he's telling about a friend, one of his Jewish friends who is afraid. And it's like, we live in America. Why are, why are you afraid? And so that one really stood out to me just because it, it made me realize that not everybody lives in my little Mayberry. Hmm. Yeah, that's, um, I think even for people that wouldn't describe where they live as Mayberry, I think there have been so many alarm bells going off about the change in 
political topography and safety considerations wherever they are. I think let's let's get a little topical with the group. What has been a surprise as a topic in 2023? Something that we've seen at Havoc, that we've seen submissions about that we wouldn't have anticipated, or perspectives on issues that we didn't anticipate. Mike, I'll start with you since you're the first line of seeing a lot of these pieces that come in, even pieces that, by the way, might not even make it into Havoc yet, but just what you're seeing from the raw submissions. So is the question what I wouldn't have predicted early yeah. in 2023? What was the surprise? What was the biggest thematic surprise or perspective surprise that you've seen? Honestly, Elisa touched on it already. The article that we received from the Afghanistan government in exile really surprised me. Her article, I, I hope to uh, to get more from her, and I've encouraged her to write, of course, and uh, I too was worried about trying to pronounce her name. So I'm, I'm glad Elisa already did that for me. So thank you. Um, honestly, that really was one of the singularly biggest surprises uh, to get. And, and a reminder, and Elisa touched on this too, Afghanistan was such a long war and so many veterans were impacted by it. And it continues to be suppressed in, in the, the quote unquote normal news cycles. And so it uh, it doesn't surprise me. That's why I can't say that getting articles about Afghanistan mm -hmm. surprises me, but getting one from her did, getting mm -hmm. uh, that perspective, I didn't see that coming. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And it's nice to widen the aperture of stuff at Havoc to include conflict zone writing, you know, that, that goes past the veteran experience, even just to those in the conflict zone. That's really interesting stuff. Charlie, what about you? Well, first of all, I'm glad you started with Mike because I wouldn't have known where to begin. I was frankly scrolling through uh, our recent submissions. So, Chris, I don't think anything is surprising me. I think that we're getting a lot of the stuff that I would expect right now. So we're still getting a lot of stuff about PTSD and depression and dealing with that type of thing. A lot of reflections on the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. The type of people who are sending stuff in to us is changing slightly. So we've always gotten good good writers writing in, but now we get from former government officials, uh, some some media personalities, things like that. The right force not not always under their real name, which is fine. So that has changed recently. And what's been interesting to see both in Havoc and in the wider social media landscape is how this Israel-Hamas thing is really exposing some deep ruptures inside American society. I don't think anybody was expecting to see what we're seeing on college campuses or around the world. Kathy alluded to it earlier. And it's been, it's been interesting and not in a good way to, to see that happen. I expect we'll continue to see articles like that early in, in 2024 and who knows how long this is going to last and how big it's going to be. Elisa, how about you? What's been surprising that you've seen? I think one of the more meaningful ads for me was uh, Tab Tabor and he is a gold star father um, who had a son who passed away actually in ranger school. And I'm very attached to the airborne ranger training brigade through other uh, partnerships. And I know the folks who had to, I, I know a lot of folks who have had to heal from that that passing. And so having Tab Tabor is kind of a 
another well-rounded connection for me in this this very small community. Um, and then D- Diane uh, or Diana um, Nickel, and I hope I pronounced that name correctly. She is a Vietnam spouse, a war spouse, and having that perspective too is very interesting because it's always the dynamic and dichotomy of all of the different wives and their experiences are all very different, but all very the same. And they have to deal with combat in a very different way, um, but they they deal with the combat that comes home and so having her perspective and her willingness to share so vulnerably and her grief of losing her husband over the past few years has been very powerful to read for me. That's such a beautiful 360 degree treatment of war to include gold star family members. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's great to hear. Kathy, I mean, obviously Frank Pauk's piece kind of gave a different perspective and, and kind of alerted you to something that maybe you weren't already tracking, but what else has been a surprise, if anything, in Havoc's content this year? It, it's not really, a, for me, it's not really a topic, but it's just the the breadth and depth of stories that we get, that it's not just yeah. all about Afghanistan this year. It hasn't all been about Israel and Hamas. It's covering everything from and Diana was on my my list too um, with her poetry, but it covers the gamut. It covers, you know, what happens at home, you know, in a daily situation to the big picture. And so the depth and breadth of what we're able to cover, I think, has been my biggest surprise. That's, yeah, that's a great surprise to have. That, in, a, in a year full of unpleasant surprises, that's a very good surprise to have. Let's talk about what 2024 looks like or maybe even should look like lisa let me start with you what do you expect in 2024 as someone whose finger is really on the pulse of so much of the military community and what you're seeing on social what would you expect 2024 to look like for havoc in terms of themes that you'll see getting explored or even more specifically if you think there's voices that we haven't heard from yet that we might, or people that we might be, might be writing more, or just topics that are coming up more, if any of that resonates. I think with an election year, I think that we're going to have a lot of very strong opinions about what's going on in the world and the impact. I mean, we've already got a lot of things going on this week with what's going on in our country and how it is affecting our military community and law enforcement community. So I think that we'll probably see, I would imagine we'll see a lot of the themes revolving around that and the impact of the vote and as well as just everything that's going on in the world. You've got a lot of stuff going on in Arctic capacities as well as, you know, jungle warfare. And so it's and you've got drone, I mean, the drones and the hand-to-hand combat on the ground. It's just, you've got so many different things coming around you. And I'm hoping that we'll get a lot of different perspectives on all of that. So that's what I anticipate that we'll see coming in through the different writers that we've got. And I'm hoping that more will come to the table. 
I'm going to ask a follow-up just on kind of an obvious point, but I feel like I should ask it anyway. When you see the different perspectives, especially on social, sometimes even just in the comments to stories that you post, are you gratified by the variety of opinions or does it concern you how some things that you might have thought were a black and white issue are getting grayified and that people aren't necessarily seeing them in a binary? In other words, are there things that alarm you about the comments and the discussion or, or, or does it seem like it's healthy, beneficial, and has been good for people to be talking this stuff out? I think because we have such very strong and poignant writers who are able to have a, a bigger worldview to share their opinions on really big topics. I think that the comments, at least what I've noticed over the past few years, that our comment, a lot of the negativity doesn't really hit our posts. I, we certainly have had mm -hmm. some negative negativity over the past few years, but it's it's welcomed and but it's always been respectful. And I think that mm -hmm. It's, but it's because of the voices that are sharing their perspectives. They've got all of the different, they know what they're talking about. And it's not just mm -hmm. a, a talking head on mainstream media. And it's not just, you know, we're not going with the, we're outside the fray of opinions most of the time of what's going on. And then you add in that all of you guys have the world perspective I you know every single time anything happens that's really big I always turn to Charlie and Mike and ask what's your perspective because I need to know I want to understand what's actually happening versus what's being said to me on the airwaves you know yeah. so so yeah that's 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 a great answer and it's a great answer uh, it really says a lot for the curation of work on at havoc Mike, for you, what do you expect to see here, uh, feedback-wise and content-wise in 24? Oh, man. Okay. You just heard why I don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> because Elisa really does. Oh, man. I, yeah. Look, we, can, we rave about Elisa behind her back because uh, oh, we, we, don't get to, we don't get to do this uh, publicly very often. So Elisa, I, I accuse her of being a magician. She's a social media wizard. She has a gift and uh, I don't have it and I don't want it. So, uh, so I'm very thankful <laughs> she does what she does because honestly, I look at, I want to, I want to get people writing. My whole mission is I don't want to procure more authors just for the sake of more authors, but Charlie alluded to this too. There are people out there who are dealing with serious things and writing will help them. And if writing won't help them, reading something someone else wrote will help them. And so my mission is always, hey, I want to grow the authorship. And I'm sure I said this to you last year, that that's what I want to do. And I'll keep doing that. And uh, if Havoc continues, so what, what do I expect? I expect our authorship to continue to grow and uh to keep up and it's a blessing to be in the position to do it I, I i have the the honor of reading almost everything that gets published and i too have to take a break every now and then like kathy yeah. talked about there's just serious issues 
and and you realize you're a part of something meaningful and something productive and, and constructive that's uh, giving back to the community. And when when you look at who I quote unquote work with, like yeah. like it doesn't get any better than this. So, oh, that's that's a great point. I mean, Kathy, in twenty four, what do you expect, and do you think? It's you're going to have to do a lot of reading between, like, vaguely opened fingers, or do you, or do you think, uh, is there going to be a wince factor for you? Are you going to have to approach things with caution, or do you think, are you looking forward to seeing kind of all the different dynamics of material that gets submitted and gets put out there? Oh, I look forward to seeing it. You know, I think Charlie and Mike have both gotten emails from me going, that was a stupid article. And I can't stop crying. Thanks a lot. Because the stories are just so important. And I think we will continue to see that. I'm hoping that we see a lot of new voices. And I'm hoping that I like to hear the more personal stories. There are a lot of, sometimes we get the more technical stories. And, you know, I've never lived that life. So a lot of it, I don't understand. But when they get, personal i get those and like i said a lot of times i'll sit there crying i will finish it but i will sit there crying with the big crocodile tears running down my face and but i i love those because not only did somebody need to say that somebody needs to hear it and so i think we will start to see more and more of that as the years go on yeah i want to pick up on that with you charlie the personal story aspect. I mean, that's always been a strength at Havoc. Um, but also Havoc is not just open to a lot of different viewpoints. It's also open to a lot of different styles and formats. And there is, you know, everything from arguments about the A-10 Warthog and technical specs on that to, you know, um, very personal stories of, you know, people shitting their pants in a Humvee in Iraq. So, you know, we, 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 have, we have a wide range of, of, of stories that, that do come out. In 24, what do you anticipate getting more of and what do you want to see more of? Yeah, so Kathy and Elisa mentioned it. We're going to see a lot more in Israel, Israel, Hamas. The election is going to be out of control. A lot of folks are going to have a lot of strong opinions on that. I predict in 2024, we're going to be in some type of hotter conflict with either Iran, Russia, or China, or all three. America is perceived as being very weak right now for some of the reasons we just identified, and that's bad for the entire world. So something is going to kick off. And then what I would like to see is continuing more thoughtful pieces. We always have the call out for more female voices. So the Army is about 15 20% female. 15 20% of our articles don't come from, from females. A lot of female vets think they don't have a story to tell or something that's worth telling. I think they're wrong, and I'd like to see more of that. I'd also like to see more perspectives from folks that are outside the United States. So much of what we do in the United States affects everybody else. I'd love to see some perspectives from overseas. And then, Chris, what I'm going to personally do in 2024 is try to make Havoc more profitable, largely due to the support of the Epoch Times. We are pretty profitable right now, but what I'd really like to do is to get everybody on Havoc to, that they can do Havoc as a full-time job right now it's a labor for love labor of love for everybody everybody makes a little bit of money but definitely not i'm not paying them what they're worth 
And although none of us do it for that, that's one measure of success for me that I would like to see. So that's my goal. Continue what we're doing on the writing front and build the prop, build, build the profitability, build the brand, help more vets. As important and crucial and appreciated as that would be, I can't let the first part go without just asking, did I just hear a prediction for a hot war in 24? From the yeah. States? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope, I hope the next time we have this at the end of 2024, we can look back at it and you can say, hi, you were wrong, yeah. Mr. Mr. Highly yeah. skilled Intel analyst, but Yale, I Yale think graduate. Yale, yeah. <laughs> Yale IR international relations <laughs> expert uh, got it wrong. I hope I am wrong. Yeah. I hope I am wrong. I, and the best types of Intel officers are the ones that end up being wrong because someone listens to them and does something about it. And whatever predicted doesn't come true, but we are so weak right now and there's so much going on. And so our enemies are so strong that there's going to be something kicking off and, and I'm not willing to say yet what that's going to be, but one of those big three, uh, we're going to be doing something against one of them. Hopefully not all three at the same time. Yeah. I, I'm there's, there's a, a glib part of me that wants to turn this into fantasy political football and get specific calls on, you know, when, where, how, why, and we can go back and laugh about it, but it's tough to laugh about this. This is, it, it's a, bad situation and just one of the things i've been thinking while you all were talking about so much of the great progress in havoc covering afghanistan and getting foreign voices to contribute i think one of the reasons we haven't heard more about afghanistan the mainstream news is well then we had a ukraine happen and then we've right. had our israel and hamas happen it's like right even without even any mustache twirling machiavellian schemes it's just it's overtaken by events. It's like one other war after one other war, one other war. It's hard to keep up with. And um that's a that's a dicey space to be in. So yeah, I, I as you do, I hope you're wrong as well. But man, it's hard to argue against a Yale grad. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not taking <laughs> well, my chances. Well, I'll also say that the current administration desperately wants everyone to forget about the debacle that was Afghanistan. That is true. So no, undoubtedly. Yeah. The the uh, the media political complex is alive and well, way more dangerous than the military industrial complex ever was, and all the people that control the levers of power want us to forget about it. So they're quite happy to divert our attention to something that we we didn't screw up after twenty years. How do we assess? How, how do we feel going into twenty four as a havoc team? Do we like? where we are do we like the position we're in what are we maybe to end this on an optimistic note what are we looking forward to in 24 I mean, we've talked about things that could be surprises and all that i th I'm, I'm not even going to ask charlie because i think trying to make it more profitable and get more change in everyone's pocket is pretty optimistic and pretty great news for everyone but what is everybody else looking forward to in 24 Mike, I'll start with you, just because you look so pensive. No, you got me thinking. I rarely look at the, you know, the thousand foot view like Charlie has to do. Right, I have the blessing of just you know, nose to the grindstone with with the uh, authors and the articles coming in. Honestly, I'm looking forward to more authors. There's a there's a synergy, right, and a momentum that builds and i think i think in 2023 we hit 
a sort of critical mass, right, in that momentum. And so I'm expecting, honestly, when I think about it, 2024 for that for that to continue and that snowball effect uh, to kick in. We're not going to have a shortage of, of articles, especially now when I'm thinking about all the things that they just mm-hmm. said. They're yeah. absolutely right. The election, uh, how America is perceived uh, for the last few years, especially. And uh, so I'm expecting to be very busy and uh, it's the best kind of busyness. So that's great. Kathy, how about you? What are you looking forward to in If or Havoc in 24? Short term, I'm looking forward to going to shot and getting to interact with our fans. So if you're going to be in Vegas for shot, you know, keep an eye out and we'll let you know where we're going to be. And hopefully we'll get to meet a lot of you and make some real connections. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to talk to some people about how we've actually affected them and what they truly think of the things that we're doing. Um, long term for next year, I see us. I see us continuing to grow. We've got a good trajectory going right now, and I just see that continuing to improve. Elisa, how about you? I'm I'm excited to have my whole Havoc team come to Shot Show with me for the first time. Um, this is going to be, I think, my ninth Shot Show. Some of which I haven't been with Havoc. Uh, the first time I ever went was not with Havoc. So. Um, I'm super excited to kind of show them what is uh, the shit show that is SHOT Show. And I'm also super excited about everything that we have coming up. And I'm not going to let all of my tools out of my toolbox, but I think that there's going to be a lot of bigger things happening with Havoc. And uh, I'm excited to have those release in due time. That will be a very, very, very cool event to be at SHOT Show. That will be exciting to see what the fallout is from that. Charlie, let me end with you. You know, we talked about all the wild kinetic dynamics that can happen at 24 in the country and in the world. Just sum up for everybody. What's Havoc's role in a world like this? And I, I mean, I'm just to filibuster and give you a second to think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies, To Be or Not To Be where there's supposed to be a theater company in Poland right when the Nazis are bombing and uh, the Nazis are, you know, leveling Warsaw and Mel Brooks looks at everybody and says, uh, or one of his cast members says, uh, you know, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, and he's, uh, we'll do what a theater company should do during war. We'll hide and wait until it's over, you know, and, <laughs> and that's, you know, so it, it is interesting when we talk about the potential of a hot war happening in 24, What is Havoc's role in such a scenario? This is something Mike and I have talked about a lot, and Elisa and Kathy as well. Talked about what our role is, what we can do to try to make things better. And Mike mentioned that Havoc doesn't take positions as an organization. We'll print anything that that falls into our category. And we, we talked before on the show, Chris, we've run, I've run, before Mike came on board, I've run rebuttals to my own articles. That people, I, I wrote an article and someone's like, your article, your argument's dumb. Here's why. Yeah, we posted it because it met our criteria. So when I look at what we're going to be doing and what our role is in all this, we're just trying to make things better one article, one, one article at a time, 1% better every day. Keep moving that ball towards a, a unified, happy, content America. 
not just the veteran community, making things better for America. We do what we can, and we try not to worry too much about things we can't change. So I can't directly affect whether we're going to be fighting anybody in 2024, but I can help the people who do. I can help people understand, create some shared understanding about what's going on and why. And that's my way of doing it better. And that's what I hope for Havoc in 2024, Chris. Guys, this is uh, awesome to see and hear you all. This has been a great 2023. Thank you for letting me lean on you guys to the extent I have. And um, can't wait for 24. There's so much cool things. And I do think that Havoc is scratching an itch that doesn't just exist right now, but continues to grow in the country and the content that we continue to put out, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but there's a real need. I think that it's meeting and um, thanks guys for stopping in and wrapping up the year to talk about it all. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you having us all. Yep. Thank you. Chris. Thank you. Chris. Happy new year. That was our annual end of year episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. It was so great to see that the whole team together and to chat as though we were all co-located and um, yeah, hopefully that was some cool tidbits. Go check us out at shot show. That's going to be badass. If you're in and around the Vegas area, um, that will be very worthwhile. Okay. We started off this episode as always by thanking our, one of our sponsors, second mission foundation. And I want to thank this episode's other sponsor, my own Veterans Repertory Theater. For everything you want to know about VetRep, go to VetRep.org, V-E-T-R-E-P.org, VetRep.org. While you're there, the best thing to do is to scroll partway down the homepage. And when you're there, you'll see the option to subscribe for free to our literary blog, which doubles as our mailing list. Join the almost 1,000 people that have subscribed and receive a daily dose of veteran writing, usually poetry, fiction, or creative nonfiction, followed by a bunch of shameless plugs about everything going on at VetRep. And at VetRep, we have an awful lot going on all the time because our mission is to select, develop, and produce veteran playwrights and artists in live theater and immersive art performances. So more than telling only war stories or focusing on art therapy, VetRep delivers to audiences intimate, impactful performances as whimsical, hilarious, absurdist, and jarring as the veteran community that created them. So check it out, VetRep.org, V-E-T-R-E-P.org, VetRep.org. Okay, as always, thank you to Mike Neal, our producer, who turns these out every week. I'm Christopher Paul Meyer. On behalf of everyone, at Havoc Journal, and especially those you just heard from. We will see you next time for another profile in Havoc. <laughs>